Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Living You to Living. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Britta Johansson Nogren from Sweden representing Lager 157 ski team is the most successful female athlete in the history of Visma Ski Classics and the number one legend in our Hall of Fame as she has the record number of stage wins, 21 in total. This 37-year-old athlete debuted in Visma Ski Classics at Vasalopet in 2013 where she finished sixth. Since then she has unbelievable 43 podium places including her victories. In the past five seasons, she has been the queen of Visma Ski Classics with her five consecutive Hertz champion titles. In season five, she managed to be third in the overall competition. In addition to her champion titles, she has been able to conquer other competitions as well. Three sprint victories and two climb ones. She has two Vasalopet victories and four Che Vasan wins and three Machalonga top spots. She represented Sweden at the 2006, 2010 and 2014 Olympic Games and at the three World Championships in 2007, 2009 and 2011. She has a silver and bronze medal in the women's relay at the World Championships. She has been a pathfinder in double polling for women and she became the first female champion using only double polling technique in every race in 2017. She is extremely strong and resilient pro team athlete who is aiming to increase her number of states wins and to defend her five champion titles come season 11. Welcome to a new episode and I am Erik Bickström and today we have a very special guest. It's the, the world's best cross-country skier, long-distance long cross-country skier of all time, Britta Johansson-Norgren. Welcome. Thank you. You've won the, the yellow bib in a champion competition five years in a row. How is life as a world-famous skier? Do people recognize you all the time? Not all time, but more and more. I think uh, long distance skiing is really growing and uh, I can feel that for every year that uh, more and more people get involved and uh, always want to talk about skiing. So that's really fun. You live in Östersund in Sweden where it's a big interest in skiing. There are lots of good skier lives in, in Östersund. Why, why is everyone gathered at that place? Oh, it's uh, first. It's really good for skiing here. There's the winter city in in Sweden. We call it so. Uh, they really yeah, focused on uh, the winter sports. So and when I uh, finished uh, high school in Sweden and uh, wanted to study more, this was the best place for me. And uh, I think when I came into the national team in Sweden it was I think almost everyone I think at the end the only one was Björn Lind he was living in Umeå I think and everyone else was living here and uh, I think that was the reason. So how often do you train with other people? When I moved here it was a lot uh, almost every day uh, since I fi- since my 
daughter came. Uh, it's a little bit more tricky and uh, I was training a little bit more by myself. And uh, I still train more by myself, but I'm trying to this year to train a lot more with others because it makes it much, uh, much easier and uh, better and it's more fun. Do you train with boys or girls or is it a mix? Oh, it's uh, both. Uh, I think it's uh, really good to train with the boys and the boys in the team. If I can go with them in the for a four-hour double pulling, that's uh, perfect for me. And in Estesund, you, you started to studying and you, you have studied lots of different courses, uh, classes. C- can you tell us about what you have studied? A lot of different thing in health and uh, sports. So I'm in the university, I'm in uh, sports science, and then uh, a little bit different, yeah, courses and uh, like uh, personal trainer and uh, nutrition and a lot, a lot of different things. Most because it's my hobby and I really want to learn more about it. But then I hopefully can. Uh, work with it and help others both with their health and uh, in elite sports also do you work at all now or is it just skiing and now it's uh, more skiing uh, and it's trying to help have some uh, technique lessons and stuff like that but not so much and you're not from Östersund, you're from uh, in the near from Uppsala, in pretty close to Stockholm, about one hour drive from, from Stockholm. How was it to grow up as a skier at that place? Yeah, it's a little bit special because it's, uh, I think it's one of the places in Sweden that are the most flat and uh, almost uh, no snow. <laughs> so that's uh, kind of special. But my my mom liked skiing and I... I just tried skiing and that's, I think I was quite good at it as a young. That's, I think that was the reason I was good at it and uh, tried to uh, go to the um, ski high school. And um, yeah, and that's the start. Do you think it's important to be to be good from the beginning? Is it is it a lot more fun then? Uh, I think it's uh, not uh, important at all, but it's make it easier because when when and when you're 20, it's uh, not so easy if someone don't want to help you. So it's, it's get much easier. But if you start skiing when you're 20 or 25, I think you still can be really good at skiing. But I think it's uh, important you have uh, trained a lot when you were young. Uh, I really liked horses. So I think uh, I build my uh, skiing career trying to compete in the, the <laughs> in the in the garden in the, yes in the garden on the lawn I was running around and jumping like a horse so I think that's the the start for me oh okay at what age always when I was remember I was uh, like five six years and. Up to ten, maybe. You you grew up bef- uh, on a farm, and your your dad was, or maybe he is, uh, a farmer. He would, he's uh, working with milk. Yeah, he still is. I think this the last year. So, <laughs> yeah. But it's, so uh, did you yeah. did you help out? Yeah, I did when I was younger. Uh, In, how? In what way? I think every way. I was uh, helping him 
with everything milking and uh, like everything on, on the farm until I was maybe 12, I think. Um, so did you grow up drinking uh, unpasteurized and unhomogenized milk? I didn't think it that way when I was younger, but now I'm it's like the perfect. You have you have the meat from the from the farm. You have the uh, milk and uh, potatoes and every vegetable you can grow at home. So it's that's really really good. As a skier, you are very even. I mean, you never do a bad race, and you're always you never miss a race. You you have never missed. a the planned Vismaski Classics race, which is totally amazing. There is no one else. Um, and people are wondering, how is it possible? Have you ever thought about that you were drinking, that you grew up on a farm and drinking unpasteurized milk? Do you think that could have something to do with your immune system? I think uh, the food have a lot to do with the immune system. and uh, But I think when I was... Uh, in the national team between 20 and 25, I think uh, I was uh, sick a lot and I missed a lot of races and I had uh, like stomach flu every year and stuff like that. So, and the reels are six weeks away from training. And so I think I can be, I had my problems, but I can see uh, the last uh, 10 years, it's much better and uh, I don't have any any problem. Of course, I can get sick, but it's it's for uh, five days or something. So, And uh, re- during the winter, I've been really lucky to to compete every race. So I think it's a, it depends what you do. You don't, I don't train too much to like 10 really hard days in a row. I can, I train four days, five days maybe, and then take a day off. And I think that's important. And I th- also think, think it's important what, what you eat. And of course- it, 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 what, what do you mean important what you eat? What should you eat to get to be healthy? Yeah, but if you eat real food, if you eat uh, only sport bars and uh, sport drinks and stuff like that, you, I think you will be, it will be harder to stay healthy. Yeah, it, because it's what for what reason? What's wrong with the sport bars? And uh, nothing wrong with them. It's, they are really good in the purpose when you have when you're out skiing and you really need the energy right now. But uh, I think you have to when you're home. It's better to to eat real food. If I'm training from home and uh, when I come back, I take. Uh, real food i eat dinner after or lunch after but of course in when we're out in training camps or um, competition i also eat uh, sports bars and i l- drink a lot of sport drinks during the race so it's uh it, it, i don't think it's a bad thing but you you can't only only do it you have to to eat uh good food also we we i think we need it You were for a long time on the national team. You have skied two Olympics in 2006. You were 
top 15 in individual races and you were fourth in the relay and you were uh, in 2014 you were fourth 14th in the sprint you have skied a world championship with medals in, in relay two times uh, and good performances also in the individual races you have gold in swedish nationals you you, you have done a lot of good results as a traditional skier you were also you won the first you were part of the team when Sweden won their first victory in the World Cup in relay for uh, ever mm-hmm. in 2007. Do you remember that? Yeah. Or, or of course you do. <laughs> but can you tell us about it? Yeah, that was really special because I think that's what one of my uh, my best races. Marit Björgen was uh, like the really big star and. Uh, I was always so impressed by her, and then uh, we I got a chance to to go out with her in the last last uh, yeah, lap on the relay, and uh, we stayed together, and I didn't take her in the finish, and uh, that was really special. What were you thinking when you started at uh, last leg, and and how? What were you thinking before the sprint? Uh, during the whole race, I was just think, I stay with her, stay with her. You can do it, you can do it, and uh, I was like staying behind her. But then before the finished, I, I knew it's a little bit is in Davos, and it's a little deep hill before you go into the finish line. And I think, oh, she she's so much better than me, that so it's better I go. Um, for her so I can uh, take it a little bit easy and then just try to do my best in the in the finish and uh, a couple of meters before the finish line I I felt oh I'm I'm better than her and uh, that was really really special and, and then everyone in Sweden hoped that you were supposed to be the next star and also after the Olympics in 2006 you were you were called the uh, shocking Britta in the newspaper uh, and people had lots of expectation on you. Uh, how did you experience that? Uh, I don't think I was ready for it because it's, uh, it's some, now it's, you t- you can go when you're 20, you are in the top. But uh, when I, when I came uh, to the Olympics, I was a uh, much younger than the others and I think it was it was hard for me mentally and I, I'm not sure I was ready to to be that uh, that good and uh, I had a lot of problems after that and uh, that's uh, and I of course I learned a lot and uh, I don't really know what uh, I should done uh, different but I think it's uh, if I've done in, if I will be in that position right now, of course I will do an, uh, different because I'm I knew a lot more. So um, yeah, it was, it was you, you, special. First time I interviewed you was in the winter of 2008 for for the the newspaper in Uppsala, your <laughs> hometown, uh, and uh, the headline said uh, Britta is just coughing, and I think you missed all almost all the races in the winter of 2008. Yeah, I did. At, uh, I was doing uh, the Düsseldorf was in October and I was skiing really, really good. I think 
that was it's so easy to say after but i was really really good in uh, Düsseldorf. but then we i think three or four of us yeah, yeah you won a team sprint together with uh, charlotte kalla yeah right? and uh, it was lina anderson sara limbor a lot of us get sick after two weeks after that and uh, i was trying to to come back but i yeah it was i was really really bad all year yeah and um and i and all the way to the olympics in 2014 which kind of concluded your your career as a traditional skier what how could you what do you say about those years oh it was a lot of fantastic races and memories but it's also was really hard it was uh, much up and down i did some really good races and i did a lot of bad races so it's so fun when everyone says you're always stay healthy you never miss a race and you're never doing a bad race and uh, for me it's it's not like that if i see the whole career but something happens when i got my daughter i think and uh, both mentally skiing is a little bit different from before but i also knew that if i want to still be a skier i have to do um think a little bit different you have to be more yeah more focused to stay healthy and that helped me a lot so for me that was uh, like a turning point so you got your your daughter you and uh... Jonas Johansson, your your um, is it? Yes. Yeah, your yeah. Hus- husband. Yeah. Uh, you got uh, Emilia in 2011. Yes. So you said you got more healthy after that. In what other way did you change your training, or how 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 was it to become a a, a mother as a professional skier? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it was some really hard years after that. I just, I really, you can never know when you are pregnant and uh, have a baby if you can come back. But my goal was to come back to skiing. And uh, I don't really know why, but when I was in, yeah, in that position, I think it was <laughs> important to go, go back fast. So I was skiing uh, I think she was eight week, and I start to race again, and so it's kind of special, and everything worked really good. So it was just really, really, I'm really, really glad, grateful, and glad for that. But it was also really hard because Jonas was uh, working with a um, uh, U.S. biathlon team, so he was uh, away for two weeks in U.S. and home for two weeks during the whole summer and then during the winter he was out on the world cup so i was uh, i was at home alone with emilia a lot so it was kind of hard to tra- train uh, train hard and uh, don't sleep <laughs> during the night and yeah everything that comes with a baby but it's also learned me to really enjoy the training and be really grateful that i can train before i could sometimes feel that oh it's i'm so, it's bad i have to go out training or it's hard to go out training three hours now and of course i don't really every day like to train but i can be 
grateful that I can be out training. And that was uh, different, but also I had to be more focused to on this really have the sleep if I can and uh, the food and yeah, the rest, everything. And especially that I, I don't train too many days in a row. And I think that can be important to stay stay healthy. Did your the surroundings, what did they say about many times... Uh people have an, an opinion about mothers that are away from their kids how, how did you experience your surroundings i think it's getting much much better now uh, for yeah eight years when i got emilia it was uh, i think everyone think i was a little bit stupid and uh, I, I, i think it was hard sometimes because when uh, you and also had uh, kids in the same and he was like the hero who can be away from the kids seven weeks before the the world champions and that was so so good and yeah he was like the hero and I was away from Emilia one week and I was a bad mother uh, but why I, do you think it is like that I don't really know why and uh, I think it's a uh, different now I, I think it's more And, and I can see it in the see it in the both way because if you are a, a dad and want to be home with your with your kid, before it was kind of now oh you have to do the career and you can't be home, and uh, of course you, if if you are a dad you also want to be home. So it's uh, the best is both the parents can be home. I think it's changing, and now. I don't think everyone says something about uh, that I can be out training and be out for a week uh, for a race and Emilia is at home. Does Emilia ski? Yeah, she really, oh, she do everything in sports <laughs> and she likes ski. And uh, this year was special because I was thinking if I will quit uh, quit skiing and uh, when I asked her, she said, Mama, Mom, I don't want you to quit. I want you to still ski. So I don't think she uh, she likes it. That's good to hear. Yeah, and that and and that of course it means a lot because I don't want to do anything that she don't likes. Did you ski with a like a not a stroller, but did did you have this uh, like a chariot yeah, that you could put I, the kids? I had a chariot and I was skiing. Uh, quite a lot from the beginning. It's it's a little bit hard. I think it's uh, sometimes a little bit too heavy. And I was trying to go um, skating on the ice a little bit, and I, d- I did some uh, biking also and running with a yeah shario. The only thing I didn't want to do was roller skiing. I tried, but I think it was a little bit. I didn't really like to be out in the in the yeah. traffic. Yeah, exactly. Before we jump into your career in Vismaski Classics, I need to know. I remember from one national championships, uh, you were skiing with your underpants uh, on top of your racing suit. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Uh, I was uh, in the my ski club. It was, uh, yeah, I think it was Robin Brunteson and uh, Fredrik Usetalo and Fredrik Bystrom also. They They said something about uh, that uh, if I w- will win the race, I have to do it. And 
yeah, I did it. So. <laughs> oh, you won the race. Yeah, before. that was the the Swedish national in sprint. Oh, so you won that, and then you had to do the 10K with the the underpants. Good job. Another shocking Britta. (laughs) In Visma Ski Classics, you, as we mentioned, you have been, uh, you have won the the Hurt Champion Bib five times. You have multiple victories in the sprint competition. You have won the climb competition, the Alp Trophy, the Nordic Trophy. You have won... Almost all the races, you've won Vaslop three times, March Alonga three times, the Prologue, Yuserska, Toblach, Kaiser, La Degonela, and also the races that are not in the series anymore. Uh, how, um, and also you have won Shevasan three times, that's uh, a race in Sweden, which is very prestigious, and you also have the record time there. How, if you look at all these results, how do you feel? Oh, when when you say everything that, like that, and it's uh, it's so special because uh, it sounds so good. <laughs> but, so I, I guess when I quit skiing, I will be really proud of everything. Right now, it's hard to to feel like that. It's always something that I didn't win, or yeah, I have to. Really, I think next year I really want to be better on that and that and that. And it's uh, like that every year. But of course, it's uh, it can be a lot of races that I'm proud of. But I have uh, I have some races. I have Birken that I really want to win and really want to be the first who win double polling. So hopefully that's uh, for next year. So you have left to win. It's the Ber- Berkebiner and Ulis Levy and Reistalöpet. Yeah, exactly. The three last one in the season. So that was this year. That was my main goal, and I was really focused on that uh, the whole years. But I never get the chance to try this year. So, do you think it would have been possible? I think Birken have and Levy, of course, have been possible. But Reistalöpet. No, I don't think it's really possible, but uh, yeah, I have, I have that for the future. Why are those three races not your favorite races? They are. I really like them, but I think uh, a lot of year had so um, so good races in January and really good shape and also really good races. And when you are doing, you are on the podium every weekend. It's it can be really hard. You have to do the doping control and the media and everything, and it's, it takes a lot. So I think I can. It can be hard to. It sounds wrong to say stay focused, but it's it's hard to focus everything or every time and uh, for a long uh, for a long season. Uh, so I think that's uh, a part of it. And then of course there are the they're really hilly. Yeah. But, and and but you you don't like long uphills, right? No, I, li- I like shorter. Or I like them, but it's, it suits me better with short short hill. But I think Levi is a race that uh, suits me well. And uh, I've been second two times so and on the podium every three years. So I'm not... Uh, I think it can be a race to win. Many people that... Uh, 
talk about you, they mention that you always have new goals. You always strive through to, to, to develop things and so on. And, and one of them is uh, Astrid Öreslind. Well, I think uh, she's really tough. She's been offensive all the way, like trying to hang out with the boys, uh, getting better all the time. Um, if it's a race, she never gives up. So it can look like she, she might be long behind, but then in the finish line, she's she's always like close anyways because she never gives up. So I think that may be one of her strongest features. Uh, Britta was an early inspiration. She was she was good when I started this. Uh, so uh, her level was kind of my goal to achieve. And uh, uh, I've been looking a lot of how she's um, doing races and um, how she's winning them and uh, trying to learn everything from her, actually. So um, she's a lot of inspiration for me. Oh, I would love to love that. She's. Uh, I think that's one of her superpowers, that she can race all the races. And uh, that's been one of my biggest problems to to achieve because uh, that kind of ruins my season every year to get sick. So I wish I knew, but I sh- guess she must have a good immune system. And maybe she's done some races while, when she's sick too, just to um, secure the yellow jersey. So, um, yeah, uh, you have to ask her about that in the podcast so I can learn it. <laughs> oh, I think it's a good relationship. I think both of us uh, really appreciate to have a strong com- Competitor, and it makes the competition more interesting, and it's fun to beat the strong girls. So Britta makes the competition more fun for me, and uh, I think she kind of feels the same way about me too. I have the impression, even though you kind of hate your competitors, you kind of love them too. So it's a love-hate uh, relationship. You want to beat them, but still, you like that they're good, kind of. How is your uh relationship with Astrid Eireslind? We don't talk so much out from the competitions, but uh, as she said, uh, she's uh, really an inspiration and uh, my res- respect for her is is huge <laughs> because when I think she's a really good skier and she can be she can be much better. I don't I don't think he her her top isn't is there yet. So uh, she always inspired me to get to train harder and uh, get better because I knew if I'm not getting better, she will be better than me next year. So that's, uh, yeah, I really like her. If When we saw La Venosta this winter, she took a landslide victory. And I think we were many that thought, okay, now it's time for Britta to step aside. The Astrid Edrislind will probably win the yellow bib this season was at, at least my thought and I think many others also um, what did you think at Levinosta? yeah she was really really strong there and uh, it was really impressive and that's uh, kind of interesting this year in the women's field because when someone had their day and uh, have a really good shape and good skis and uh, they're really so much better than the others. Lina Koschen did the same in Vasaloppet. And so it's, uh, I think that makes it really, really fun. You never know because we are a lot of more girls out there skiing in a bigger f- like field. But at the same time, someone can be so much better than the others during one race. And the next race, 
not on the podium and it's uh, it makes it fun it's not so predictable anymore you mentioned uh, lina korsken who had uh, also a strong um, kaiser maximilian love uh, not only vasaloppet and we're gonna let her in here I think Britta's features is that uh, she's strong like a Swedish uh, bear and she's also very strong in uh, in her head, uh, the mentally part. And uh, my feeling is also that Britta is uh, never 100% satisfied with her achievements. I think um, that uh, is uh, her biggest strength because uh, she always wants more and more and more. Uh, me and Britta started in the same team, means the girls' team, uh, Ski Pram, Team Ski Pram, uh, 2014, I think it was. So I think we started from the same level with a double pooling. And um, it's uh, always inspired to try to win races when uh, you have Britta at the same, same uh, start line. And uh, I think it's also inspired to see that she's getting better and better for every year. And... Uh, Maybe that um, means that I have also um, an opportunity to become a true legend. I think uh, Beta has uh, really good genes to never get sick. And that's uh, why she is on the starting line every every single race. Uh, but of course, it's not only luck. Uh, she do a hard work and uh, she must uh, do something right also, I think. Lena and you were on the same team early in your long distance skiing career. Can you tell us about how you transferred from a traditional skier to a long distance skier? Yeah, I think it's when we did it, it was a bit uh, different from now because uh, we were the first, Lena and I, I think we were the first girl who said, we will double pole all races. We'll do it every time. And every race... Before the race, someone said, you can't do this race. And the girls can't double pole this race. Maybe the men, but the girls can't do it. And uh, it was the same thing every race from the beginning. And Lena and I, we were like, we will double pole. We will double pole. We try. And even if we uh, not do it faster than with kick wax, we will do it because we will get better and we will get stronger. And, and uh, I think that's... Uh, for us, it's uh, really important for the career. We we did it, and uh, you yeah. mean so? Even though the it wasn't the perfect choice for the specific race, it was the perfect choice for the future. Yeah, I think so. And uh, it's hard to say. Someone else maybe it's not the best best choice, but for us, it was. We are not the best on uh, skiing with kickwax, so. Uh, our chance to win the race was to to go double polling and from the beginning I think we were almost the only one who did uh, double polling uphill training so we when, when the race came we were best at double polling uphill and I know when I won a race for five years ago it's a lot of difference from now and uh, it's so much harder to win the race now so it's uh it's i think it's a lot different you, you did a few long distance races in the season of 2013 and, and 14 and then you skied a full visma ski classic season in 2015 
what's your memories of those first races you did? Uh, oh, it was, I think it was so much more fun than traditional skiing because you, every, every time you race was a challenge and, uh, you can be really good just to cross the finish line. And, uh, and that's a good feeling. And, but also I remember I was so tired every time. And my body really hurts. You think when you're crossing the finish line, it's, oh, it's over. But then, you know, now it's starting. <laughs> you have three or four hours when you are so tired. And that's In what you, way are you tired those hours afterwards? You can feel so sick. I don't have that feeling so much more. Uh, it can be in Vas- after Vasaloppet or the longer uh, races can I can have that feeling a little bit, but from the beginning, I think I had it almost every time I was after race, I can I stand there like shaking and I was tired and the body hurts <laughs> and it's uh, really special because you, you, I really like that feeling because it's, it's not so easy to be tired like that, but when you're racing, it's, it goes by itself a little bit. And uh, you don't, of course, you're really tired when you are out there racing, but it's uh, special when the body tries to to go back to normal and, and you really feel that the body is still working. Do you like that feeling? Yeah, I guess I do. It's, uh, it's special, but I think a lot of people think that I'm always pushing myself when I'm so good at it but in training i can be really lazy yes and i i think other people are are much much better than me in training to yeah, to really go hard and take all out of it i i really ha- need to have that competition and uh, the the bone to to do that in 2015, you won your first race uh, when you Könish uh, Ludwiglauf in uh, with your team Ski Pro Am. How was it to be on a uh, team with only girls? How was it working at that time? Yeah, we had really fun, and uh, it was uh, it was really good. And this race, I really rem- I remember that race because, of course, it was my first victory. But also, Lena and I we had. Uh, the tactics that we are going we will go really hard uphill we, it's a, it's kind of flat race but then it's a one little bit longer hill and uh, we really try to work together and go hard so we get the gap to the to the other girls and uh, then i was a little bit stronger than lena in the end of the uphill and i was going solo from there to the to the finish but i really like that we can do we did it together and we it's not so often girls have race like that when you can do something together and uh, and that's a special feeling when you you're trying uh, trying to have a goal together before the race and uh, some of you can really do it so it's uh, do you miss having a girl at the, at the same level as you on the same team but i have uh, Elin team and it was that's really good training we're training a lot and then uh, Elin not have her best season so during the races she 
not achieved her top level. So it's yeah. Well, it, it was not to <laughs> say anything about Elin in that way. I mean, just you, you, you and Elin have not skied together in the races. I mean, nah, that's uh, a little bit. Uh, it was more fun if we could do it, but on the same time, it's always good to have each other in training and uh, and then we had really 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 good uh, help of each other in the pro team tempo this year so that was that was good that's correct yeah so you have skied for lager 157 since the season of 2016 and uh, what's the best with being on that team oh i think it's uh i really like the team because it's uh, it's not like that you are we have one star or it's something like that it's Everyone uh, is on the same level and everyone helps each other to get better. And I can feel that if I skiing a bad race, that's okay. And I think it, that's uh, really important in a team. You, Everyone wants to to do their best and go, go home with the victory. But if you don't, some race you will have hard. You can miss with the skis and uh, or just... Uh, bad shape or everything can happen and and that's okay and i think that's really really good thing with the team how is it on camps so you mentioned you were training with girls and boys at home how is it on camps do you train all the workouts together yeah we're training the team everything is together so and that's also a really good thing Uh, when i came to the team i was the first girl and it was no one knows what to do and uh, I wasn't sure I could train with them and every every training camp the first year I said oh I will try but I'm not sure I can but I, I try my best and and it's in the end of the training camp I've done every single exercise with the men and of course sometimes I was behind a little bit and uh, in roll skiing it's easy, easier when you can have different uh, resistance on the wheels i think that's a good good thing because i I learned a lot from the the men when i'm training training with them you have maybe your my favorite quotes from you you said uh, in an earlier interview this year it's one is i put in a lot of hours of not having bad luck and the other one is i want to get to the starting line healthy and free of injuries what what do you mean by I put in a lot of hours not having bad luck? Yeah, I don't think uh I don't want to talk in terms like bad luck or good luck because of course you can have bad luck. You are out, it's slippery and you bro- fell and broke your leg or something. That's bad luck, of course. I think you can't if you're training too hard and then get sick. It's not bad luck. And you can't say, if I have trained more, if I not get sick in uh, January, I will be really good two weeks after that. It's, I don't think it's, it can be bad luck, but it's, I don't want to think it that way. Yeah. But so, so, so back to the question, I mean, Astrid Eireslind uh, specifically addressed the question and we've talked about it, how you get to the starting line healthy and free of injuries. You have talked about good food. You have also talked about taking a rest day before you're training too hard. What other thing have you changed since 
you were so much more sick before and now you're so much more healthy. What, what other key things have you changed? I think the key is you have to find your way. And uh, it can be different for everyone. But, I can, but if you still say it's bad luck, you don't find a way, I think. But if you can f- think about, uh, okay, even if it's not bad luck, what can I be do different? Can I do something different? Can I, uh, if it's that I have to eat more, sleep better, train a little bit less. Uh, if I train 20 hours every week or instead of training 30 hours one week, or do I have uh, to take a break after four days training or three days training and find, find your way? And uh, yeah, I think that's the key. How much do you train for um, on a year in hours? It's around 750 hours. And what's your favorite workout? I, I'm, I'm kind of lazy, <laughs> like I said, and like competing. So I like uh, training uh, like intervals when you're going hard for 30 seconds and then rest 30 seconds and like that because you have you have to focus just for a. 30 seconds and or a minute or something like that and not go uh, I don't really like go hard for four four hours that's important and I I know I have to do it and I really like to do it on training camps because you just follow the others but uh, for me it's that's hard so I like the short intervals do you ever go like four hours with uh, different intervals by yourself yeah I do but it's and then I think it's easier when you have intervals in. Everything, it's easier with intervals. So I guess it's uh, it's like the problem with focus or something. It's better to, yeah, I think it's, it can be, be boring. And this that's the same, uh, I think it's a weak weakness for me in uh, racing also. I, I get bored sometimes. When we are skiing, I knew that we are skiing uh, 70K and we are doing it not really hard, but kind of hard. And we are, I can feel that. Why are we doing this? When, can we ski really hard or take it easy? Because this is so annoying. It's, it's hard, but not really hard. And then I get bored. And I, I think that's why I always have to go for uh, the sprint or the climb or something, because I have to focus on something. That was what I was supposed to ask, yeah. but then we have the answer there because <laughs> you really like to sprint. Uh, uh, is that because simply it's fun? Yeah, it's fun. For me, it's really fun. And I knew that I, if I have fun when I'm competing, I will, I will be, I will ski good. And if I'm trying, I, I, I understand if people at home thinking like, oh, that's so stupid, why she's going for a sprint, but. Uh, this year it was a lot of harder sprinting because Lina Koshkin really want to have the the green bib and uh, and then that's so inspiring for me and I think it's the thing I remember most from this year I think the most stupid sprints we did we did really really hard and it's for some points and it's important point for the for the team also so it's it's good I do it but Sometimes I can feel after, oh, it, that was not so smart, but it was fun. <laughs> if we look at your, not results, but your kind of measurements, what do you have for VO2 max? 
Oh, I'm actually I'm not sure. It was uh, a lot of years since I did uh, a test, so I guess it's uh, maybe sixty-five something up to twenty, and uh, sixty-five uh, milliliters like per kilogram yeah. per minute. And do you have you tried three k running or ten k running? I've tried three k running and of of ten k running also, but I'm. Uh, I think everyone gets uh, like they don't. I think I'm a good runner, but better run than I am because I'm not so good. So I have problems to get under forty minutes for the ten k, and and I'm kind of happy if I'm under eleven minutes and. 3,000, so it's, uh, I'm not the best runner. Have you done 5,000 meter skierg, the double pulling machine? No, I haven't done it. I, this year I start to, to do more skierg. Uh, I have done it just one or twice before, but this year I did a little bit more and uh, that's good. So I have to try 5,000. Bench press, have you tried that? Yeah, but that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> so yeah. then I think I was like 60, the best or something like that. Are you doing bench press when you're working out? No, I don't. Why not? Not for a special reason. It can be good, but I don't, don't think it's the the best exercise for me. So it's uh, ah, that's the reason. How does a training week look like you for uh, now? Like in, in the beginning of May... What are you doing? Roller ski, running, or intervals? Or like, what's the the big picture? Yeah, when you are living here in Östersund, it's snow for uh, it's a long winter. So in the beginning of May, you just trying to to start go roller skiing and start go running, and uh, so it can be shorter. You don't can run for three hours yet, so it's running for like one and a half hour and try to uh, ski, yeah, go more roll skiing for every week. But I also do a lot of strength training in in the gym in the beginning of the season. So trying to do a little bit different things because I I knew that I I will do. A lot of four hours and five hours roller skiing, double poling during the summer. So uh, I don't have a rush to to start doing it for the first week. Do you think you train different compared to others, or is it just the thing most people do? Uh, both. I think I almost think I train a little bit less than others, and uh, maybe also a little bit harder. When I go with the boys, I go harder. Maybe a little bit less hours and uh, some more. So, so, so 750 hours is less compared to your competitors? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, it's a lot of skiers up 800 and 900. And I'm not aiming for go more than 750. I, I think I will go stay there and always go... Um, better and better training and harder and harder during the, the exercises uh, but but uh, I get often the question if it's a big difference now and when I was a um, traditional skier 
And I don't think it's so much different. The difference is that I go, of course, more double polling and more long exercises. But I also do really short ones. I'm trying to train to be more explosive and uh, faster and stuff like that. So I have exercises that's only one hour also. When you said you go harder when you ski with the boys, do you mean at long workouts like uh, s- slow workouts are faster, you mean? Yeah, it's uh, when I go four hours by myself, it's it goes a little bit slower than when I go with the, the boys. If you look into the future for Visma Ski Classics, what do you think will happen with the series? And what do you want to, to happen with in terms of different races or, or different program or so on? Uh, I think this maybe will be a special year because we don't know so much about what happens next year with the corona. But in the future, I think I think it will grow for every year. Uh, and especially the women's field will grow much, much more. But I also think we will start to compete two days in a row because we want to have more races and it's hard to travel every weekend and it's and the season it's we can't we can't go in may racing or in october racing so i think we'll start to go both saturday and sunday in some so you mean you you prefer to do like a 50k on saturday and a 70k on sunday yeah i think we can do it it's uh you're trained for it and it's a lot of skier they race on Saturday and then go out and doing a really hard long workout by themselves on the Sunday so why can't we uh, race both day I think so I will let you conclude uh, with the question for how long are you going to be a professional skier <laughs> yeah I don't know I think I'm working overtime so every year I said this may be my last year and uh this season, I was kind of sure it will, from the beginning, will be my last one. But then, uh, yeah, I always feel that I can be better. And uh, you can't quit skiing and then f- five years after think that I, you can be good at it again. So that's maybe my last year next season, but I'm not sure. Thank you very much, Britta. Thank you. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.